1: This is Pro Football
0: Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network.
2: Welcome back in. Hour number three of the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon, live at the beautiful, fabulous Circa Resort and Casino. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado. And James, uh, about a week from now, probably less than that, this uh, Circa Casino, the entire Las Vegas Strip will be buzzing for the big game. Have you ever been in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl?
3: Number of times. Yes. From back in the nineties, early. I remember going out there for, I don't know what Super Bowl it was when Dallas was playing the Buffalo Bills in Pasadena and we rolled over. I was a young fella back then and we made a quick run into Las Vegas. We turned back out to go back to Pasadena, but uh, I've been out there a number of times and, and Variety of different places to go, and I think that's where, depending on what you're looking for now, that just gets bigger and bigger with the sports betting menu that's out there for the for the Super Bowl and the player props and the in-game action. We didn't have that a lot of for a couple decades back in the day. We didn't have that action, being able to have to rush to the window if you wanted to bet the second half and getting there early and putting your plays in early because we know those lines can get so long. But I don't know. Do those lines still get long at the window, Brady, with the the availability to be able to do and, and create apps and mobile accounts? Or are people still trying to go the old school way, paying in cash and going to the window?
2: Well, they they do still get very long, and that's a good public service announcement. There, get your plays in early, get in line early, whatever it is. But don't do not. I would not wait until you know midday Sunday because who knows? You might have an hour long wait in a line or something like that. So get ahead of it. And yes, download the mobile apps. And I, I think that's part of it, James. You know, the people coming in from out of town. Certainly, a lot of the locals have the have the mobile apps. Uh, but the people coming in from out of town, they're like, oh, you know, am I going to really? load an app onto my phone, do I want to do that just for the weekend? Well, it's probably pretty good advice to go ahead and do that because then, while you're watching the game as well, James, then you can go, you know, do in-game betting right on your phone there. So that's a good reason to have it as well. But yeah, certainly first and foremost to avoid the lines and uh, Super Bowl week out here in Las Vegas. Uh, I mentioned yesterday on the show that I've been here about 28 years now, and it is always just a fantastic weekend. Uh, I, I tell you, anything other than being at the game itself, I can't imagine anything better than being in Las Vegas for the big game. And I'm sure Super Bowl 56 will be like none other. Uh, James, let's go over some of the prop bets, which uh, have come around in the last certainly 10 years and really, you know, have hit a crescendo. It seems like in the last five years or so with them becoming as big a handle for the sports books as the side in total uh, and, and thank goodness for them because it gives us so much fun things to talk about, you know, for two weeks leading up to the game and, and you know, as you allude to just a, a much larger betting menu and, and you've kind of taught me throughout this season on the pro football blitz to start looking into more of these player prop markets just on a week to week basis. I think more so Then the Super Bowl, those week-to-week ones during the regular season, offer some real opportunity to find some edges. So I'm going to probably look into that more in NFL 2022 than I did this season. Um, You threw out a few, again, you were uh, perusing over some prop menus last night and you sent these out to the team here. Uh, Will either team score in the first six and a half minutes? And this has been a prop bet I have liked to make uh, for a number of years because it seems in the beginning of the game you do get some nerves. And, you know, a team might stub its toe just trying to get into the flow and feel out the opponent for a while. And, And six and a half minutes seems like a long time, but if a team's going on a little bit of a drive, it can eat up that clock pretty quickly and you just hope it doesn't end in a field goal or whatnot. But uh for the first team uh to score in the first six and a half minutes of the game, the yes is even money. So that's actually an underdog. No, no score in the first six and a half minutes is minus one twenty.
3: Yeah, and I've I've bet that in the past too, and haven't done a whole lot of player prop bets or game prop bets to that to this nature here before when I was out in Las Vegas over the years but this was one that depending on the matchup obviously and I think for this matchup you've got two teams the expectations very high for the LA Rams with Matthew Stafford first Super Bowl as a quarterback now with the LA Rams and really finally got some playoff wins under his belt this season in 2021 with LA and then the other side we know Joe Burrow young football team young coach on that sideline as well for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, yeah, the nerves, the adrenalines that's flowing through the veins of all of these players, yeah, we can see a lot of times that, that nerves can play out, and coaches need to be mindful of that and maybe dial back the offensive game plan a little bit have a few more short passes, some rush, rushing the football. Short passes, rushing the football, we know the clock runs, and the only time we get a stoppage of clock in and during gameplay is going to be on incomplete passes, and I think for both these teams, that's really where I do get involved with whether it's the six and a half, you mentioned that, at the no at minus 120. If you want to add one more minute to that, Brady, and say, will there be a score halfway through the game at seven and a half minutes in that first quarter? Now the no has moved to plus 135, so depending on your price and your handicap of how you th- game, think this game is going to go. And I do think it's going to go to that nature. I might be more inclined. Let me let me fire on that seven and a half minutes here. Now you're probably going to need a potentially two change of possession. So two punts, no scores in that first seven and a half minutes of the game, which potentially could play out for both teams being a little conservative offensively. Plus the 135 for that price. I kind of like that piece better.
2: Interesting. Yeah, you know, um, you're you're right. I think you'll probably have to get a punt each way. Uh, If if you're able to get the team that receives the kickoff to punt and then the team on their uh, first possession also to punt, you probably get there with no score in seven and a half minutes. How about this one? If you want to go even deeper. Will the first quarter of the game be scoreless? The yes is plus 375, almost four to one, that there won't be a score in the first quarter. And you remember it was so well-documented that all the Super Bowls the, the New England Patriots played in I don't think they had ever scored in the first quarter of one of them. They finally did, I believe, in in one of their more recent Super Bowls. But that's really where we heard about all that—that uh, that the Patriots hardly ever scored in any of their Super Bowls in the first quarter. Four to one that it'll be zero zero after one.
3: Yeah, and potentially it could be here, and and I think the, this prop in particular of the one I sent out last night will at least one quarter go scoreless, and that one is the plus one seven plus three seventy five to the yes. Now, if you're gonna think, is there gonna be a scoreless quarter? The first quarter is most likely to be the one. Then we know, all right. Now you get it. as the game flow gets going. Both teams had a few possessions. Guys took some licks out there, and now that helps get that. Sometimes you've heard team, you've heard players. Joe Joe Burrow has said he's like, yeah, I need to get hit a couple times. Like, all right, I'm into the game now because he does play with that linebacker mentality because he is such a physical player. That is it going to be? If you're gonna find a scoreless quarter, is it? gonna be the first quarter or potentially could it be that third quarter as teams now go and they have that prolonged halftime with all the show all all the show that the show halftimes that go on and the longer time sitting in the locker room. Now you have to take some time to 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 break a sweat again. The adrenaline is gone. You kind of got to get yourself refocused because it does take you out of and and players and in particular the NFL Players are creatures of habit, right? And so think about going into that third quarter and you've had that long layoff, much longer than what you're accustomed to uh, with the 14-minute break that is halftime during the regular season and the playoffs. We know it's a very extended break when it comes to the Super Bowl. Sometimes maybe it's the third quarter that... Potentially could be scoreless here. I think in this game, I'd probably be leaning towards more of no score in the first quarter as opposed to the third quarter.
2: I agree with you. And I believe I read that wrong. I I thought there was uh, no score in the first quarter at plus 375. It's will there be at least one quarter of the game? Uh, that will be scoreless is plus 375. But I think you're right. The first quarter is probably the favorite uh, in that market as far as which quarter is most likely to be scoreless. And I also agree with you. I I don't know if you get more than just the first quarter being scoreless. I think it'll be a little bit of back and forth the rest of the way. Um, Let's look at a couple of these. These are player head-to-head matchups as far as receiving yards. And you've got Cooper Cup. This looks pretty big to me, James. Cooper Cup at minus 24 and a half yards, more receiving than Jamar Chase. Now, Cooper Cup, we know it, it seems like all year long he's basically been getting to 100 yards, if not more, uh, receiving yards in the game. But that's saying Jamar Chase is only going to get about 75. It, it
3: just seems like a big margin for me between those two guys. Absolutely, it is a big margin. and I think for Cooper Cup, we know fully capable of making making those plays and just team has struggled to try to contain Cooper Cup, but the one thing we have at, seen out of Cincinnati is, I think, and I think we'll see it here, they do play a lot of various different coverage. They're great at mixing up their covers. Their top two covers that they played this season are their cover one and their cover three. However, Matthew Stafford has been his best facing cover one where you got a lot of man under and, you know, he's very accurate quarterback too and being able to read that, but, you know, the, the, the Cincinnati defense beyond cover three and cover one, also with there are two, four, and six coverages that they've played, and there's more of a zone safety keeping those light boxes and putting those two safeties back in various coverages. Uh, they've played each one of those coverages more than 100 snaps throughout the season, so they're not afraid to mix things up. And we saw that last week against Kansas City, in particular, in the second half, where there were a dozen passes for Kansas City, dozen dropbacks in that second half for Patrick Mahomes, where they only rushed three players and dropped eight into coverage. And I think Mahomes really struggled with that and having read those coverages here. What does that mean for Cooper Cup? Obviously, that is going to be the X factor for that defense for Cincinnati and the fact that we're going to see a lot of crossers. And don't forget this too, Brady. You think about Cooper Cup, and I'm not looking for anybody to to get knocked out of this game, but you got a couple, they play a lot bigger than what their stature is out on their field, but both Jesse Bates and Von Bell, these guys bring it at the safety position, and there are going to be some headhunters looking for some of those crossing routes. You might see a flag early to set the tone. Yeah, we'll take that personal foul, helmet to helmet, unnecessary roughness, but we're going to say, you want to keep running those crosses across the middle, you're going to feel us as as a defense, and in particular the safety position, so I kind of lean towards that chase number plus the 24.5. Another one head-to-head is Jamar
2: Chase in the role of the favorite, laying 19.5 yards to Odell Beckham Jr. Jamar Chase to have basically 20 more yards receiving than Odell Beckham Jr., another prop bet that is available. We're back with Lou Finicaro next, right here on the Pro Football Blitz.
4: Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas
0: on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: You know that v is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit v slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. We are waiting on Lou Finnicaro. He should be able to join us shortly here. Of course, uh, one of our friends at VEASAN, a frequent contributor, also writes for Point Spread Weekly and does a great job covering the UFC, also the College Baseball World Series. He is a postseason hockey nut, and he's also very good in the NFL. We'll get Lou's takes on the big game here coming up shortly when we get him on the line. But, James, but before we get Lou, and I guess we've got Lou. We've got Mr. Finnicaro. Lou, however. How are you, my friend?
4: I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. Pleasure to visit with you.
2: Of course. Of course. Thank you very much for joining us. And I was just uh, running down your list of, uh, you know, areas of expertise. And, of course, one of them being the NFL. So, you know, James and I have been harping about this game for a couple of days, uh, hours on end. Where are you? We're still a week away, Lou. And, and, you know, I think this first week after the championship games, we kind of let it soak in what we just saw. And we start to look at this matchup now that we have the Bengals and the Rams. What are some of your early thoughts? Where are you headed? I, I imagine you haven't gotten completely invested and in, in have a you know a firm conviction where you stand on this game just yet, as we still have another seven days before kickoff. But where are you at, say, the midway point of the bye week?
4: Well, it, normally I regard uh, my NFL season as being completed after the NFC and AFC championship games, and so. I I really focus on the Super Bowl as recreational. I make some square bets and I try and and go very, very easy. My belief is if I haven't made my money up until now, I'm surely not going to do it on the Super Bowl. Now, that said, uh, that usually happens with Super Bowls that have stagnant lines for a week. This one has not, and I'm not talking about the side, I'm talking about the total. It opens 51 and now has immediately i shouldn't say now open 51 last week immediately went to 48 and a half and by tuesday noon it stopped there and i believe that's where it's gonna stop before it bounces and as the public starts to siphon into the game and gets more vested into the game and friday and saturday come where they really start to bet the game I think you're going to see parlays and all kinds of other actions start to push this number up for that reason at 48 and a half, I bought to 47 and a half. I don't like to buy too often, but it's aggressive move, but I'm counting on getting the capturing the key number of 48. And when this number gets to 51, 51 and a half, and I believe it will then I have options. I'll either hold advantage on the over, which I do believe is the correct side, or I can come back and play an arbitrage bet. The best thing about this is I'm not here after the fact telling you what a great number I got. I'm in the middle of my bet here, and if this number drops to 44.5, most everyone will see that I have egg all over my face. (laughs)
3: Well, Lou, I think the only way that drops to 44 and a half would be some key offensive player ends up getting hurt during the week of practice or who knows what happens out on Hollywood Boulevard one night and somebody gets themselves in trouble. But as far as the totals concerned, so looking at that number and maybe able to, to to see where that goes, we know when the public comes rolling into las vegas typically it's going to be on the on the over and it's going to be on the favorite in this case here with the rams where it's sitting at four and a half basically is the consensus how are you feeling about the side in this matchup don't have a position yet it doesn't sound like for you lou but thinking about this matchup between these two teams where the expectations were for both of these teams one very high in los angeles and not much of an expectation for cincinnati to be the representative from the afc in this contest where are you kind of leaning towards when it comes to the side in in regards to the spread sitting at four and a half
4: yeah great great question i i kind of getting pulled on either side on the one side i think that we could possibly have a little bit of a public dog and and that always makes me worry that said you know just the eye test and when i look at these two teams Uh, I think that L.A. Rams is a little bit like Steinbrenner's Yankees, and they were put together for this. And Cincinnati is more a team with chemistry. And so do you want to invest in the high-priced players that are there to win the Super Bowl? Or do you want to invest in a a team that's been overlooked all year long that actually gels and works together as a team despite – an offensive line that's supposed to be so bad, all they do is keep winning. So I'm I'm much more conflicted on the side, James, than I am the total.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Lou. You know, I, I talked about how we just try and kind of formulate this matchup in our head, you know, right after the championship games unfolded and I kept trying to talk myself out of the Cincinnati Bengals because I was with you. I, I'm like, it just smells like this is a public dog and everybody's in love with Joe Burrow. And I, I kept trying to find my way to the Rams side, but I kept finding reasons that, you know, that made, that pointed me towards the Bengals side and, and, and Joe Burrow, it's hard to say it now and we'll see what happens after next Sunday. But I have a feeling that this guy could be headed for big, big things. He just seems, I mean, we've seen it in college, everywhere he's been, Heisman Trophy, National Championship. This guy is such a winner and such a competitor. It's hard to see him getting crushed in the big game of the season here, being the Super Bowl. Uh, So I'm with you there, Lou. (laughs) And I want to know, we talk about the big mismatch on the offensive line, the Rams pass rush versus Cincinnati's offensive line. How are they going to get around that? Do you expect Cincinnati to really diversify the offense and throw it to the running backs out of the backfield? How are they going to stop this Rams aggressive pass rush and and go on to win this game? Yeah, that was interesting. I I, I thought I heard his phone there, but uh, certainly didn't hear his response. Um, James, you know, Lou and I, it it seemed like we were kind of on the same page there as far as how we're thinking about this game. It it, it seems like the the majority was just reacting to the Cinderella story that is the Bengals, and now reality is going to set in and the Rams are going to wax them. Uh, but but I just couldn't pull myself away from that thinking. I kept going
3: back to, boy, you know, I, I think this team can keep it close, if not win. And to lose point when you talk about chemistry, and I think those are things when you're the underdog team and nobody expects anything from you rolling into the season like since like the cincinnati Bengals, you can rally around those types of things in that locker room hey nobody else believes in us outside of the guys right here with these uniforms and this coaching staff within this franchise nobody else believes in us so we can roll that way and i think chemistry a lot of times for me those are the intangibles that you have to factor into your handicap and it always does for me in a lot of sports but definitely chemistry is very impactful for me on my ultimate handicap in the nfl
2: Lou, good to have you back. Uh, Sorry for the technical difficulty there. Uh, One more question for you. I I was just explaining that I think your thinking was very similar to mine, where it it seemed like uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be this uh, Cinderella story that everybody was going to latch on to. And I kept trying to talk myself out of going that way, but I kept finding reasons to be on the Bengals. And I think that's where I'm going to end up. I did end up playing a teaser on them, teasing them up to plus 10 and a half and over 42 and a half for the game. If Cincinnati's going to have success in this ball game though, Lou, how are they going to do it with that much hued mismatch of the Rams pass rush versus their offensive line?
4: I think the answer to that is Joe Mixon and uh, Von Miller in that Cincinnati is going to attack Vaughn Miller and run right at him with Joe Mixon. And what is a better way to protect an offensive line than to run the ball and try and get an early lead? As much as I really have uh, a feeling that Stafford has been abused in his career and I want him to get some shine, I caught enough of James's response there, uh, after the uh, uh, it, it, regarding chemistry, to happen to think that uh, in the Super Bowl, you know, you, we can ask our mom who she likes, and she's as right as we are. So I don't want to think too much about live underdog or popular underdog. I want to try and pick the team that's going to win. And for me, a team that in the locker room believes they're being overlooked and they actually have true team chemistry and momentum as a team that's hard to beat and a team that I probably want to side with.
2: Yep. Great advice there, Lou. And you're right about just picking the winner in the Super Bowl. It's true throughout the playoffs, uh, just pick the winner and about 88% of the time, you're also going to have the spread winner for the ball game. Lou enjoy the big game. I'm sure we'll talk to you before then, but thank you for joining us here today on the pro football blitz, my friend.
4: Thanks so much for having me
2: on, guys. All right. That is Lou Finicaro. You can find him on Twitter at Gamblue and also in our digital publication every week, Point Spread Weekly, where he covers a various number of sports. Currently, this time of year, the UFC and the NFL. We'll be right back with more. Mark Lawrence coming up pretty soon for his take on the big game as well. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on Vsin, the sports betting network.
2: Vsin has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get Vsin all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April the 4th and it's only 29 bucks sign up now get our daily best bet emails 24 7 video access the upcoming college hoops betting guide bracket breakdowns plus full access to v with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game this deal only happens once a year don't miss out visit v slash madness to sign up today now, it's going to be uh, madness for college basketball here pretty soon, following February 13th and the madness that is Super Bowl 56. Uh, James, I want to talk about Super Bowl MVP. It really seems like this has become a more popular betting market just in the last few seasons. I think in Nevada for a long time, it wasn't legal. Uh, You know, a lot of the prop bets, basically the rule is if you can't find it in a box score, then we can't put it up as a a bet. A lot of that thing has been changed since then. But it's really become, I think, a popular market, Super Bowl MVP. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of Golf Futures, And and that type of market where you can bet a little to win a lot. You know, in a golf tournament, you can have a guy at 100 to one who's got a shot to cash a ticket over just the course of four days. Super Bowl MVP. You know, you might get down to the the divisional round before the championship games or whatever. There's some pretty juicy prices on some guys. You and I were talking about Aaron Donald at 25 to one. Even Joe Burrow before the championship game with the Chiefs was in the neighborhood of five to one because he wasn't expected to win that game over the Chiefs. So, you know, there are opportunities for a recreational better to just put a couple bucks down and turn it into a pretty good payday.
3: Could do it recreationally or just I think of last year. That's what I, I did. I I finally settled and I didn't settle on Tampa Bay at, to win the Super Bowl last year until Thursday of the second week of the super you know the two weeks for the Super Bowl. And I looked at it and finally I just couldn't get past that offensive line for Kansas City. And knowing Tom Brady and didn't have to have the spectacular game to be MVP, but the fact that he's going to a new team and first year wins the Super Bowl, unless he played a horrible game, which even if he did, he, uh, that defense really held on, be able to get in after Mahomes that way. But his Super Bowl, for him to win the Super Bowl last year was at plus 250 and the money line was somewhere, yeah, was it plus 175, plus 180? I forget exactly where that money line was, but it just made more sense to me. Like, well, I I don't see how Tom Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl if the Tampa Bay Bucks do it, and then you're getting more on it when you're talking about as opposed to plus 180, getting into that 250 range there for Tom Brady to win the MVP. So I think that's where we can talk about this with Cincinnati on that side. They're the underdog going into this matchup, as was Tampa Bay last year. Now, big bit of a bigger underdog in this case here and the money line is a little juicier for Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl but then if you shop around Brady that's what I'm looking at right now so we can start with Joe Burrow if Cincinnati wins I don't know if I can find another player on the board aside from Joe Burrow on that Cincinnati sideline that would be the MVP and right now at least out here in Colorado Circus Sports Colorado Joe Burrow is sitting at plus 250 to be the MVP of Super Bowl 56.
2: Yeah, not a bad price at all, especially when you compare it to the money line, the Bengals winning the game outright, 250 certainly uh, a better price, and you know, almost 50% better than what the Bengals are as far as the money line in most of the books around town. Uh, we have looked at some longer shots. We talked about Aaron Donald. He is now down to about 16 to one prior to the matchup being set between the Bengals and the Rams. He was at 25 to one or even higher in some spots. But Jalen Ramsey, his number seems to have stayed about the same. He is still 100 to one. To win MVP, and and I don't think that's such a crazy long shot there, James. If this guy has a couple interceptions and maybe one's a pick six, there you go with
3: a guy that has a heck of a shot at 100 to what? One. How often are they going to go at him? How many opportunities will Jalen Ramsey have to get that? For the Rams, they don't play a lot of man coverage, so I don't know. They'll they'll play some man under. Uh, That's going to be the interesting matchup here with Jalen Ramsey. Where is he going to play? We know typically he's going to be on the outside. And is he gonna line up with Chase? In particular with Chase, the one thing that I've seen and noticed out of Cincinnati as the season progressed is when the, when they go they'll they'll on the boundary side, a lot of times they're gonna play Chase solo. Solo's gonna be a, he's gonna be the solo receiver on that boundary side, and they really see what, how are we gonna be defended? Are we gonna have a corner? Are they gonna play man out? Are they gonna roll a safety over the top? What is that going to look like? And if that happens, do they move Ramsey over there to the ramp to that boundary side? If it is solo, if he's in a solo set, a three-by-one set over on that side, now do they go at that? Do they try to attack Ramsey, at maybe double moves, try to see if they can get him to bite on something. I'm not really sure, uh, but that's, that's. I mean, the long shot piece is there. I just don't know, Brady, how many opportunities Ramsey is going to get. How many times are the Bengals going to try to target Jalen Ramsey and whoever he's covering?
2: One guy we do expect will get a lot of opportunity, James, is Joe Mixon, and that's probably both running the ball and catching passes out of the backfield. You and I have kind of discussed it, that we expect this guy to probably have a big role in this offense if Cincinnati's going to be successful. Uh, We've talked at length about the pass rush for the Los Angeles Rams. Cincinnati's going to have to figure out a way to slow that down and get their ball, get the ball to their star players, their skill position players, catching balls, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins and Jamar chase. But I think that that is all going to probably be created or certainly, you know, a catalyst and all that if Cincinnati is going to play this out the way we think they might, they're going to have to employ Joe Mixon in a big part of this game plan. And, you know, he's sitting there at forty five to one. If this guy comes through huge, scores a couple touchdowns, gains hundred yards, what have you, there you've got a nice ticket in your pocket at forty five to one. And and I don't think it's out of line to think it's possible for Mixon to win this.
3: I think that would be the only way if Cincinnati wins and it's not Joe Burrow, it's going to be Mixon because of his versatility, being able to rush, and rush the football and, and be a playmaker out of the backfield in the passing game. And yeah, it's going to be Burrow that's throwing him the football, but it, he's not going to be running these big wheel routes and double moves down the field. It's going to be short passes, screen game, out in space, being able to make plays, and and Mixon's a, a tremendous runner, and he allows, I think the thing with Mixon is, he's a very patient runner, and being able to... to, to let the blocks play out. Whether it's the screen game, in the passing game, and/or the rush game, and I'm I'm wondering the biggest thing for me with Cincinnati Brady is we've seen them really commit to rushing the football on rushing downs. Do they get a little creative and try to not be as predictable in non-rushing type downs? Is it second and twelve, and you can run maybe a draw, especially to the right side? We talk about Von Miller and being able to rush at those passers. Whether you're going to run through that four hole or that six hole there, depending on how. Von Miller is coming inside or outside of that tackle on his rush. I think Mixon would be the one. If I'm looking to get involved with Cincinnati beyond Joe Burrow, it would be Mixon. That would be the only other player I could consider.
2: Okay. Same thing for the other team, the Rams. If it's not Matthew Stafford, is it Cooper Cup at six to one?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, outside of outside of the defensive side, and whether it's Aaron Donald or potentially Von Miller, who's done it before, he's got a juicy price sitting at fifty to one. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that would be the only one would be Cooper Cup, but. I don't know if Cooper Cup is, and he's had a tremendous season, and he's the toughest matchup, and he's a great, he's such a smart player, being able to run those option and choice routes the way that he does inside the numbers. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of focus and emphasis on that on Cooper Cup, and a lot. I we think we're going to see a lot more, uh, a, a lot of different coverages that really try to help take that away, and we'll we'll see. Hilton. Now, Hilton's going to be much more impactful Is Mike Hilton as that nickel or that slot corner to try to match up with Cup. They really took advantage last week, did the Los Angeles Rams against Kaywon Williams when he was matched up on the interior in that slot, having to come in at the nickel corner coverage. I mean, he just got completely worked in that matchup. I think Hilton's going to give the Cincinnati Bengals a better opportunity. Not You're not going to stop Cup, but be able to kind of limit some of the, the bigger play potential that we've seen out of Cooper Cup throughout the season. James, we haven't talked about,
2: and and I don't think you have made a a bet on the Super Bowl just yet, um, but is Burrow MVP at plus 250? Is that one that maybe you're siding
3: towards the most at this point? I, I think so. When I finally get there, if I'm looking to play Cincinnati, I won't be playing. If I'm playing them to win the game outright, it's gonna be it's gonna be that matchup there with the MVP and Joe Burrow, very similar to last year. Now, as I know, that was Tom Brady, and it was a completely different scenario with that. That was the team that had the bad offensive line going. That was their opponent, and Tampa Bay being really able to to exploit that. That's not the case here. Uh, but for Joe Burrow, I think it does rest on his shoulders, and he's got the capacity to do that, not only physically, but the mindset and the mentality mentality and and the team has really taken on his persona and they've they've really taken on his identity as far as their competitiveness and their mental toughness to even if they fall behind they still know they've got their leader in joe burrow to to keep them in these games and be able to make plays when it counts and the confidence that exudes on that sideline that'd be the way i'd go joe burrow plus 250 is the mvp if i like cincinnati to win the football game
2: yeah, if you like Cincinnati to win the football game shop around. Their money line is certainly going to probably be lower than what the number is on Joe Burrow to win MVP and there's uh reason to shop around on Burrow for MVP. James points out plus 250 there at Circa in Colorado, different prices elsewhere. We'll come back with Mark Lawrence next up on the Pro Football Blitz. <music>
4: Football Blitz with
0: Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? You're wondering how to hedge? Maybe you're looking for an unusual prop or insights from one of our hosts? The VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on the air or at vsin.com. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Like the man said, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And now we bring in one of our friends throughout the year, football season and beyond, a frequent contributor here at VSIN, and that is Mark Lawrence with PlaybookSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mark Lawrence. That's Mark with a C. Well, Mark, uh, I know, of course, you've been handicapping football for a long time, and, of course, the past 20 weeks for NFL 2021 After the championship games, when the Rams took care of the 49ers and, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals upset the Kansas City Chiefs, we've now had a week to kind of mull that over. And I don't know if you've kind of gotten to your final point where you stand completely on this game, but what are your early thoughts and early impressions about this matchup that we have?
5: Well, initially, Brady, when I was looking at the game, the first thing we like to do is see how the teams match up comparatively, statistically, if not at least against common opponents, uh, how what condition they're in or what situation they did for the season coming into the game. Generally, what you find with Super Bowl teams is that one or if not both of them have outstanding defenses, and that's not the case this particular season here. And in fact, if you look at them offensively and defensively, teams are just about mid-pack so it's rather strange in that sense to see these two teams squaring off for the Super Bowl that aren't bringing a lot of what I would call statistical ammunition to the game so we're looking at the game now from where it stands and how they got here the momentum of which they're playing with coming here and you know we can see see and understand why they're doing just that Um, my question here is this if I can ask of you guys is if this game weren't at SoFi Stadium Would you see this game uh, a pick'em? Are they are they pricing the Rams for three points, three and a half points for the stadium? I'm sure it's not quite that because of a lack of fan support, what normally comes anyway with the Super Bowl, but more so at SoFi Stadium. And if that's the case, would the Rams be a pick or a one or two in this football game?
2: James, I'll, I'll let you answer that. But first, let me dive in here. And we did touch on this earlier in our program, Mark, uh, a mutual friend of all of ours, Chris Andrews, the director of race and sports at the South Point. I asked him that exact question. I said, did you factor in any sort of home field advantage in your line for the Super Bowl? And his answer was quite definitive. He said, not at all, not one bit. So James, go ahead. Your response as well.
3: Mark, I think for me, yeah, I don't see it as if anything. Uh, I, it's, I don't see it as an advantage for the LA Rams outside of just being familiar with the facility itself and being in their locker room. If they are going to be in their locker room, I'm assuming they would be in their and their and their normal home locker room. But thinking about this from more of a distraction standpoint for the LA Rams. You're home. A lot of times these teams leave. They're coming in Sunday, Monday, and now they're gone for the week, and they get sequestered, and they've taken care of all the ticket requests and all those types of things. But the fact that the Rams are at home in Los Angeles, not only dealing with family and different things there at the – being where they live, but also I think maybe more distractions from the media, the local media, you're watching the local news and they're talking about it. You're maybe doing more hits, more sound bites, more interviews for the the local news stations there that maybe this becomes more of a distraction for the Rams. It didn't factor into my handicap one way or the other, but I don't see it as, as a positive. I don't see it as an advantage for the LA Rams, the fact that they're playing in SoFi.
5: It was – it was a true advantage I felt last year when Tampa Bay was at home, uh, if for no other reason, the fact that uh, they do get local fan support and that Kansas City was playing in amongst the COVID and they didn't arrive until Tampa until Saturday before the game. And the Bucks players, all they basically had to do was crawl out of bed and uh, drag over to the, uh, to the stadium for the football contest. A little bit different situation here that way this year. And I agree with what both of you guys are saying and what Chris Andrews said. I don't believe there's a home field advantage here, none whatsoever.
2: Mark, let me ask you about uh, really what's been the big topic, I think, ever since this matchup was created last weekend. It was like, boy, you know, Joe Burrow, he sacked 51 times. The Titans sacked him nine times. You know, this Rams defense, this pass rush is really going to, eat this cincinnati offensive line alive and they certainly might but uh you know they those guys have been listening to this chatter for a week and will continue to listen to it and so i sure i'm sure they'll have something to say about it but what what is your thought on that apparent mismatch and and how it will affect the game
5: well it is a strength to a weakness unquestionably you know for all the hits that Joe Burrow did take this football season here and they're going to go up this against this ferocious defensive line of the Rams. So obviously that's one of the huge check marks, checking the boxes for the Rams in that particular situation. I think if Joe Burrow has, uh, has an answer to something like that, it's all in his mental makeup. I um, mean, he's he's very, very, very intelligent uh he's got a photographic memory he 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 knows he'll know the game film like the back of his hand coming into this football game and he knows how to scramble so yes he may take the hits uh i I don't know what the over under on sacks for him is right now I, i know it's nowhere near the nine that he took the last game but uh i think that he'll be able to adapt just given the fact that uh he's of the intelligence that he is and he's got the ability to get in out and survive inside the pocket
3: Mark, let's switch to the other side of the uh for the Rams, the offensive side and the move that we saw in the offseason for Matthew Stafford and the draft capital that was given up to Detroit along with letting Jared Goff go. And and now you have the quarterback and they felt like McVay a couple years back in the Super Bowl against New England only putting up three points in that matchup that it was only a matter of time before they made a move at the quarterback position. Were you as high on the L.A. Rams prior to the season started with the moves that they had made, especially with Stafford at the quarterback position feeling like, all right, they're moving everything into the middle. They're all in on this season to get to the Super Bowl and win the super bowl what were your expectations for the rams coming into this season with the moves that they made
5: i bought into the move james uh you know I, I had played them to win the super bowl we protected them in our playbook preview guide magazine to be here just in this particular situation largely because of the acquisition of matthew stafford who has a lot of raw ability we wasn't able to we weren't able to see Fruition with that with Detroit, but you also look at uh, what he's done in his career here right now, season to date in the postseason. He's got a quarterback rating of 100.6, so he's played. He's delivered the goods, and uh, he's as promised. He's delivered the goods so far. Uh, Joe Burrow. The other side of the coin is you know, the most popular quarter or most popular player, I would say, arguably coming into the football contest here. And he's obviously delivered the goods here as well. So I think Matthew Stafford was an excellent pickup for this football program. They needed an infusion. Uh, yeah, I think he's a perfect placebo and uh, they paid maybe overpaid for him. But to say that if they made it to the Super Bowl, did they overpay, that might be negligible at this particular point.
2: Mark, what about the number in this game? We saw it open up at 3.5 or 4, and it was quickly moved to 4.5, and and that's where we sit right now, 4.5. We also saw the total quickly come down. Uh, Where the line is right now, do you you think that's about the right number, or would you make the Rams a a little bit of a bigger favorite or or maybe a little bit of a shorter favorite?
5: I think it's spot on right now, Brady. When it opened 3.5, I wasn't at all surprised to see it uh, move up a titch. And I didn't ever expect to see this thing get anywhere near six. So I think it's going to settle in right about, I think they put the number right where it needs to be in this particular situation. And I think also that, you know, to go back to our our opening part of the conversation about the fact that this game is in L.A. And whether or not it's going to be beneficial for the Rams remains to be seen. But uh, I think just that fact was also maybe factored into the line just a little bit, although Chris insisted it wasn't.
2: Mark, uh, when you uh, continue to look at this game further, do you have a, an early opinion on the total? Obviously, some betters out there, like I say, they, they, they took this thing under the total immediately. Are you in that camp as well?
5: I'm in the camp. Uh, you know, uh, I'm. I like defense in big, big games. Okay, and I think defense comes to the forefront more times often than not. I would love to have better defenses involved in the contest. The Rams' defense is good. And 335 yards a game is a good defense. The Bengals are just, like I say, that mid-rung defense, 354 yards a game that uh, you're a little bit queasy about, but you still got uh, 50 points here to play with, and I think uh, in big football games like this, when it comes to the ultimate, uh, the finale, cutting down the nets, uh, kicking the football through the goalpost to win the Super Bowl game, I'm always looking to the under.
2: All right, Mr. Lawrence, well, thank you very much for joining us once again, and if I don't talk to you before next weekend, enjoy the Super Bowl, my friend.
5: Hey, I appreciate that very much, you guys. James and Brady, you guys enjoy the games. Be well and stay safe.
2: All right. That is Mark Lawrence, again, from playbooksports.com. Does a lot of frequent contributing here on v throughout the football season. And you can follow him on Twitter, at Mark Lawrence. That's Mark with a C. James and I will come back with more as we wrap up our number 3 of the program diving further into the Super Bowl. We've got more prop bets to talk about. Super Bowl MVP was a topic we just talked about recently. We'll react to some of Mark's comments as well when we return on the other side of the Pro Football Blitz right here at Vison, the sports betting network.